0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome to today's program, Christy Montgomery, who is VP of Kenko Innovation Labs, and Puga Sankara, who is co founder of Smart Gladiator. And today we're going to talk about collaborative supply chain innovation, a new model for success. Now, you know, in supply chain logistics, there's always a new problem to solve or a, uh, you know, a new uh, opportunity to go after, which Often means that you know you have some form of innovation is required, whether it's a process innovation, a technology innovation, or both. And you know there, there are many different paths that companies can take to you know drive supply chain uh, innovation. But today we're going to talk about one, and that's a collaborative approach between logistics service providers and, and technology companies. Um, so so it's great to have you know both Christy and, and Puga here today to you know share you know their experience and approach to solving a, you know a, a real business problem that you know many supply chain logistics uh, executives can relate to uh so christy and uh, puga welcome to the program
1: thank you adrian it's great to be here
2: thank you thank you very much for the opportunity it's a pleasure to be here
0: great great now christy you know you, you've uh, welcome back to the program you've been here before i think it's been about a year uh since you were uh, last in the program to talk about the internet of things and uh, it's probably been a little bit longer than that since you know the Kenko Innovation Labs was was launched. Um, you know, based on your role and you know experience, uh, you know to date, I mean, what when it comes to driving supply chain innovation, I mean, what what have been some of the the lessons learned to date?
1: So we've learned a lot in the last uh, eighteen months to two years of of having this dedicated focus on innovation here at Kenko. Uh, one of the Key learnings is that uh, in the industry, the trend is that everybody's interested in an innovation. They don't necessarily know how to describe it, but they know it when they see it. And so uh, we're finding that our customers are responding very positively to this. And uh, a recent survey from Supply Chain Digest said that 71% of shippers are interested in their 3 pls providing innovation. So uh, we're finding wide acceptance in the industry and we're happy about that. Uh, some other things we've learned are really just um, you know, supply chain is, is a constant cost pressures business, and so finding ways to, to uh, successfully innovate in a very lean startup model and a, and a rapid development cycle, as well as being able to openly innovate with others, the concept of open innovation that Henry Chesbrough Chesborough introduced in the early 2000s is, is really a strong concept for us, and it's all around um, bring it, being able to collaborate with your customers, with suppliers, with folks like Kuga and Smart Gladiator. To bring innovation into the supply chain, there's no one expert in it. We all come together as as a team to develop the solutions that are going to change the supply chain in the future.
0: Yeah, no, I I I I, I concur with a lot of the things that that you said, and and certainly, I mean, I think one of the things with with innovation, it is you know this this broadly tossed word, right? That that gets used (laughs) a lot, particularly from analysts like like myself, that like to talk about innovation. But what, what exactly does it mean? But I think the one thing that I hear consistently. Um, you, you know, whether it's from technology companies, manufacturers, retailers, you know, everyone that's trying to respond to all the changes that are impacting their industry is that however you define innovation and, and you can just simply define it as, you know, being able to respond quickly to changes that that occur in, in your business environment, right. it's got to be done much more quickly and, and much more cost-effectively than it's been done in the past because, it, you know, gone are the days, right, where you know, uh, you wanted to do something It was going to take, you know, 18 months to, you know, to two years to do. By that point, you know, you you're, you're, you might be out of business by then.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> now, now Puga, uh, you're new to the program and, uh, you know, so welcome. And then, uh, you know, like I like to ask whenever we have someone new on the program, I always like to get a little bit of a background in terms of how folks get involved in supply chain logistics to, to begin with. So why don't you tell us briefly, you know about your career path. You know how and why did you get involved with supply chain logistics, and what's your current role and responsibilities there at Smart Gladiator?
2: Um, yes, um, you know basically um, my story is you know I graduated as a mechanical engineer, so I always had this affinity for you know the factory floor and all that. Um, so uh, you know I worked in India for a couple of years. You know I, even though it was a mechanical engineer, I got hired into computers because anybody that can do good math, you know, can. The computer said that they just hired because of this big Y2K boom that was happening back in '97. So, and then you know, I'm sure uh, you folks know the story of Manhattan Associates, right? Alan and the uh, you know founders, how they uh, started the company and grew big, and they just had gone public in '98, and then they came to India to hire the you know uh, programmers they can get, and I was one of the person that was selected and then joined, and I had a blast uh, working for Manhattan for the first three four years, completely technical role, you know, learning all the Micro details about the WMS and you know um, being on site um, doing deployments, and then um, got a chance to play the customer facing role, and then eventually ended up as a design lead, design architect, and then project manager, program management. So I learned everything about WMS, uh, and and uh, and Manhattan is known for you know very very high speed uh, you know WMS deployments at such an aggressive pace. And that's what we did. And it just, you know, I once I'm on the uh, DC floor, I just loved it. It's like, you know, back in the days, you know, and the factory floor and, you know, uh, all that came back and every minute I enjoyed it. And that's what led to this. And then I got a chance to uh, do an MBA with Georgia Tech. And then we saw this opportunity. I mean, you no, know, um, after 2007 with the, um, you know, advancements in the mobile tech, right, with the Android, iPhone, Android uh, you know, tablets and the iPhones. Just the consumer side of things changed upside down, whereas on the enterprise side, I still see people struggling with their old gladiators and the heart guns. That's when we saw, hey, you no, know, there's a lot of opportunity to improve this UIU action. We just put a simple prototype together and showed it to some of the friends in the industry. They're like, Wow, well, this is so much easier to use. So that's how we got started. So we took that and then um, you know, got our first customer, second customer, and so on. Now we have a good number of customers, and then we are working on unique projects like this as well. So... Uh, you know, that's my story. So, I just loved, you know, being on the D.C. floor and saw all the action that's happening and saw this opportunity. I mean, it just, you know, the world is changing so fast on the other side, whereas in the enterprise, state, there's so much opportunity to make things better. So, that's how that's what we got started. I mean, at Smart Gladiator, basically, you know, um, my my role is, uh, you know, the principle of the whole thing here in the U.S., I mean, deployments and sales and you know, product roadmap and so forth. So, and we have an office, uh, a development center in India where we have some great, uh, you know, developers that, you know, build capabilities really so fast and, you know, we're able to uh, collaborate and bring uh, new capabilities to the uh, industry pretty quickly.
0: Great, 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 uh, you know, career path there. Uh, I'm a, I'm an engineer myself, material science, you know, so I started my, you know, career on the factory floor as well in semiconductors of, of all places. But, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting how, you know, uh, uh, our career paths, you know, uh, for, for a lot of engineers ultimately end up in supply chain logistics these days. So, uh, you know, great, great to have a, another engineer on board here. Um, so, so, Puga, I'll, I'll stay with you. you. You talked about, you know, mobile technologies, which is obviously the, kind of the focus where, where you are today. And, and, and they've evolved significantly, you know, over the past few years, certainly, you know, over the past decades since, you know, the Androids and the iPhones and tablets and things like that started to come to market. I mean, how would you characterize the current state of, of mobile enablement and supply chain management, you know, today? I mean, what, what opportunities and roadblocks still exist?
2: I think there are a lot of opportunities. See, for example, on the in our personal lives, right? Our lives have changed upside down. I mean, we are constantly texting with our friends and family and coworkers. We are constantly taking pictures and sharing them with our you know, friends, family and coworkers. We are making videos and uploading them to YouTube, uploading them to Facebook. You know, my daughter uploads every a week one video. You know, she writes her own song and things like that. So it's just, you know, way of life. Way of life has changed. I think. All those capabilities can be brought into supply chain, resulting in much better collaboration. You know, much better data collection, much better, you know, uh, everything. Right? I mean, there are there are. You know, if you look at it, there are three main things that are happening. Right? I mean, in the uh, overall uh, industry, the pace of technology, the pace of everything has accelerated, and we are living in a defining moment where it's only you know it's it's things change. Things are going to change so fast so you know for example the retailers are shutting down because people are you know buying stuff merchandise whatever they need online they don't want to go to the stores anymore and and um, you know millennials are walking into the dc and everything is becoming you know smart and connected so so those are uh, you know resulting in all these changes which we are i mean you know there is no point in um, you know just looking at doing things in the old way right Uber, uh, Airbnb, you know, there are so many disruptions that are happening. So having, you know, seen all that, I think we can make supply chain much more effective, much more uh, collaborative, you know, bringing all those capabilities into the supply chain. So there are a lot of opportunities. From a roadblocks perspective, you know, it just, you know, people don't change fast. Change management is a a big deal uh, in supply chain because, you know, that's how we have uh, done things all this while. And, and, you know, people don't want to take a risk. I mean, supply chain is in general, you know, we are risk-averse, right? We don't want to, uh, you know, ship something and somebody call and tell us, hey, you no, know, I'm not able to scan this barcode because I have a different set of guns or a different set of scanners for myself, right? So, those things are some of the roadblocks, but I think uh, it's it, we, we are going to work through it because it's just the uh, pace of change is accelerated. So, you know, we are going to be looking at, uh, people that are much more inclined to change and much more, you know, looking at innovation, much more looking at, you hey, know, I want to take advantage it, of capability and so forth. So, but you know, that, that um, mindset of, Hey, no, risk covers is going to change uh, quickly as we, as we move forward.
0: Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, that that's always the common thread is, is, you know, change management, right. And, uh, you know, People being too risk averse, uh, you know. People thinking perhaps, hey, things seem to be working okay. Why do we need to change, right? And then it's not until you know they're you know fully behind the curve that they realize that maybe they should have made that change, you know, a year or two ago uh, instead of now being behind the curve. Uh, and I, I certainly see that with, with technology today. And you see, you know, things like bring your own devices in, in the mobile realm becoming, you know, that, that was something that was a lot of resistance, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. And that's becoming now from an IT environment standpoint. I think uh, a lot of IT organizations are embracing it, you know, more. And, and that that obviously plays a role with uh, on the technology front, uh, particularly with with mobile. Um, well, well, Christy, now let's let's go back to you and let's talk now about the opportunity that brought you and, and and Puga together, starting you know from the very beginning, right? So what what was the business problem that you were trying to solve? So we in
1: the innovation lab focused an awful lot on customer problems. We we often say that we are not um, solutions in search of a problem. We're looking at the problem first. So we had a customer approach us uh, who was really struggling with a lot of a high percentage of customer complaints around shipments of their products and retail compliance fines and chargebacks around the delivery of those products, whether it was uh, the retailer claiming that there was a shortage in how much had been shipped or the product arrived damaged or the labels weren't placed in the proper place or the paperwork wasn't quite right. There's um, a significant amount of, of rules in the industry now around retail compliance. And so um, when you take a step back, a, a little bit of a macro view and take a look at the fact that retailers are now generating up to 13%, according to a recent um, study of their account revenue on chargebacks alone. of their revenue. That's significant. And so it becomes a a broader problem for our industry to take a look at. And this particular customer was just really um, struggling with the manual way that we were trying to capture proof that we did things right. And so um, they were using uh, manual checklists where they were saying was labeled on right, check, next, next, next. And then the the individual is filling out a piece of paper and signing it. And Oftentimes that was accompanied by a digital camera with some photos that they had taken and hopefully remembered the upload to a PC. And then when the photos hit the PC, you know, they're in a folder that you can't understand the name of it and the, the images themselves are, you know, labeled something like IMG underscore 3054. And so when you get to 10,000 of those, which some of our customers were, were having in a single week, you can imagine three months later when their customer approaches them and says, Hey, I need you guys to prove that you shipped this shipment right so we don't have to pay this charge back. Now I have, you know, an incredible amount of data to try to search through with no ability to actually search by anything relevant. So we started doing some research looking in the industry. Does anything like this exist? And we, we did not find anything um, in our innovation lab. So we uh, threw together a really quick Android prototype. Very uh, small scale, did not have huge functionality, could not scale to the enterprise. Just really to throw it out there and see what we could do with it. We piloted that at five sites for about three months and it was wildly successful. We had people begging us to let us have the prototype and um, we knew that wasn't, that wasn't going to be the answer. So then we, you know, we kind of took a look at who, who can we go to to try to help develop that for us. And that's how we ended up down this path with Smart Gladiator.
0: Uh, great background. I think you touched upon what was going to be my, you know, my next question. Because I mean, I think for a lot of times, and this is particularly true for logistics service providers, right? There's a lot of times where there's, there's the build versus buy decision, right? Which was, right. you know, historically, you know, the, you know, the case. And so it sounds like you know you looked to see if there was any solution out there that that fit the bill. It sounds like you know you ended up kind of prototyping your own solution there. But you found that there was some shortcomings, you know, to that. So it sounds like then there was a kind of this this third path, um, you know, that 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 you ended up taking. I mean, what was the, you know, if you had to characterize kind of the the, the factors that led you to go to this third path? I mean, what were some of the key things there?
1: Well, so part of it was uh, we've talked a little bit about this in the past. Our innovation lab is a very small group of people, and so we we don't have developers on staff. Um, and while Kenco is a broader organization has, um, a significant amount of IT talent. They also have a strategic roadmap and things that they have to accomplish. And so, um, you know, while this was an important thing for Kenco, we felt like we couldn't, uh, you know, avert our eyes from the, the path that we were headed down from an IT perspective. So we couldn't build it internally. That led us to that decision. So then we started searching externally for who could we partner with, and we had some um, strong partners that we were already working with from a software uh, perspective. And that's probably another thing I should mention. Kenco is not in the business of developing software, in the business of supply chain and logistics services. So we didn't really want to step outside that core of our service to start developing software either. Um, and as we looked at those larger partners, what we found is, is what Puga sort of alluded to earlier, which it, it takes them a long time to, to change and to add something to their portfolio and and the struggle of, of them trying to, first, we have to kind of develop a point of view and decide if we're going to work it in their priorities, and then if we're going to release it in our next version, it's going to be a year from now, and we have to test it, and we have to build the requirements. And I mean, we were just talking about a couple of years to get this thing to market, and that's not where we want it to be. Um, in the meantime, we had started working with some accelerators and, and working with some startup companies and um, came across uh, Puga and his team, um, and their their uh, tagline is mobile enabling the supply chain. Well, that fit right in with what we were trying to do with this particular product. It was to mobile enable this process. And... Um, we started having those conversations with Puga and his team. And it was just, it was the right fit for us to, to go down that path of working with a smaller company that could be very agile and very flexible and bring this product to market much quicker for us. So,
0: Great. Great. And I think, I think, uh, again, it underscores, you know, what we talked about earlier, like you said, you know, the, uh, the, the speed of innovation uh, yeah. is, is is critical, um, you know, more than ever, you know, today, um, you know, so Puga, I mean, the, the end result of, of the collaboration, uh, between you guys and, and and Christy and her team was was a mobile app you know called, called LoadProof. I mean, can, can you describe a little bit about the development process? I mean, how how did the two companies work together? You know, how long did it go, you know take from kind of the concept to you know having a, a working solution?
2: Absolutely, yes, yeah. By the way, the um, app and the you know cloud solution, all that is available at uh, www.loadproof.com. loadproof. com. Um, anybody can check it out. So basically, I mean, it was when we met for the first time, it was meeting of the minds. I mean, it's like, hey, you no, know, this is what we are trying to do. And we were like, wow, you know, uh, that's exactly, you know, what we were also thinking. And um, uh, we had a, a slightly primitive version of the same solution that we had, um, you know, deployed at a customer site. And, um, uh, you know, when we developed our product first, and then when we showed it to one of our first prospects, I mean, they were like, okay, we have this problem of where we have to keep the documentation of all this returns paperwork for our products. You if know, you, you can help us digitize that with some kind of an app and take pictures and put it somewhere, you know, that'll help us a lot. And that's where the genesis of the idea would, you know, where uh, uh, we started with. And then when we heard this from um, our team, it was, like, wow, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And so we took that concept and expanded it and put it in the cloud. So it's plug and play, right? It's just, hey, you know, download the app and you start taking pictures and push it to the cloud and it's all there. It's like, you know, a very, very sleek, quick um, implementation uh, type of solution. So, uh, you know, it was, right, we were on board and, and and um, you know, what's also happening is because these pictures are becoming such an integral part of our lives, right, we can bring those pictures. I mean, we all know, right, pictures are worth, you know, a thousand words and a story is worth a thousand pictures. So, if we can add pictures to some of the critical, uh, you know, points where, you know, either in uh, pallets, you know, get handed off or loads get handed off. So, wherever there is, uh, you know, potential vulnerability for dispute or something like that, where we can add pictures, we can image enable the whole supply chain. Right? I mean, if we can image enable the whole supply chain and make this, let's say, for example, an Instagram for supply chain or or this image repository for supply chain, so anybody can look at you know, it just by the PO number or by load number, people can track their shipments and also look at their picture, picture status of the shipment. So that, that made a lot of sense um so so, there was no uh, debate as to you know whether this is uh, this offers value or not, so you know, we were right away on board and and we started right away and uh, I think the whole development time was like four months. Um, you know the concept was already there, and we had about you know sixty percent of that already in place, and it's a matter of uh, you know making it much more accessible in a bigger corporation because we wanted to make sure you know that folks at the network level have access, folks at the site level have access, folks at the corporate level have access so accommodating that type of hierarchical um access was you know one of the things that we added. So it was you know done pretty fast and and we have a great development team in India. And you know, um and we're all, you know, that is the you know we're all hungry for success. I mean that's another thing about startup and you know go, 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 agile um, you know, process and make it really, really fast. And that's the, you know, um, you know, biggest benefit of big corporations, you know, working with startups. And that's being I talked about a lot in that land area where we are from. We are in the right in the heart of Tech uh, Square, uh, in the you know Georgia Tech campus, and that's all they talk about. I mean, it's all about. You Not know, are, I mean, there are like Home Depot has an innovation center there. Um, Honeywell has one recently established. There are big corporations that are setting up, and we constantly uh, do pitches in front of them as part of the industry connect program that we have um so it's it's uh, you know so fast that we got it done and you know we took it uh, to production and we have it alive. Yeah. i mean we we are glad to add uh, you know, value to our partner you know such a uh, you know basis yeah
0: so so uh, yeah that's a great um uh, you know success story there and particularly the you know the 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 time frame yeah christian I'm, I'm i'm curious i mean in terms of you know, the, the developing the, the, the solution here in, in terms of the requirements and things like that, were your associates involved as part of that process in terms of giving them a sneak peek? Uh, I mean, obviously, you had your prototype that you had built internally. I mean, h- how much um, feedback or, or you know, what was the communication loop between, you know, uh, Kenko and, and the associates that would be using this solution and, you know, the, the smart gladiator, you know, folks in terms of getting this, um, you know, put together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We had a, we started out with a focus group that, that helped us define, um, how they thought the solution should work to be successful. And, um, that, that involved a couple of three days after we had that focus group get together, um, via conference call, right? Because we're geographically dispersed across the, the country. Um, but being able to, to draw on those ideas and then have a three to four day working session to really map out those requirements and what that was going to look like. Um, and then Smart Gladiator went away and, and started developing that that initial product. And then we took that to uh, again five to six sites uh, that had been part of the focus group to have them test that for us before um, it went live on the market. So it was in a it was in a test environment, and and Pug and his team released it to these sites. And then we had weekly calls, update calls with the team to say, okay, what are you seeing? How, what can we do better? Um, are there there are failures of how we put it together? Did we not think about this correctly? So, the, so the Kenco associates on the floor uh, were heavily involved in not only the upfront design but testing it along the way and providing feedback to both of our teams to say, here's how we need to rethink this. So, great, uh, yeah,
0: great, great. So let's let's go back to kind of the, the the business problem, you know, which you, you talked about, you know, the chargebacks and and all the the, the challenges that historically were, were associated with with that. Um, You know, how has this new app kind of addressed, you know, that problem? I mean, what what have been some of the the benefits achieved to date?
1: So that original customer that came to us with the problem um, has seen a 95% reduction in customer complaints. Um, based on their usage of wood proof, we've had another customer who has avoided about $10,000 in fines and, and keep in mind this one been out there about three months. So, um, they've already avoided about $10,000 in, in fines around chargebacks for their particular customer. And then we have another customer who is finding it, um, enormously valuable in just being able to prove that their international shipments were, were handled properly. There's, um, a lot of, uh, they're finding a lot of, shifting as the containers are, are moving overseas and just being able to show that it was loaded properly in the container on the front end has really helped their relationship with their end clients um, overseas. And so just I, I could give you example after example, but enormous success so far. And, and we are onboarding new customers every week, it seems like. So um, really wild success here.
0: Great, great. Yeah, those are some, you know, uh, significant benefits there, particularly in the relatively short time frame that, that you've been uh, uh, using it. Now, now, Christy, maybe Puga, you can, you can add your, your thoughts as well. I mean, just for clarification here, I mean, is this, you know, loadproof app you know, available to other companies? Is it a proprietary solution that's just available to, to Kenko and its customers? In other words, I mean, how, how does this partnership work, you know, particularly moving forward?
1: So we we Adrian saw this as a as a much broader supply chain problem. And um our goal with our innovation lab is is not to solely focus on, you know, our own internal needs and, and just our customer base. And and to be honest with you, we have a lot of customers who who have other providers in their network. And and to be able to only offer them the solution in our one facility that we run for them didn't actually benefit them overall. And so um, you know that's one of the the great things that the Smart Gladiator partnership brought to this is that it's not a proprietary solution. So I'll let Puget speak a little bit to to the availability of it, but no, it's not proprietary.
2: Okay, hey, Puget. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, um, it's it's all about uh, you know the spirit of the partnership. Part of the spirit of the partnership is also you know bringing innovation to the you know supply chain uh, marketplace, right? So, I mean, it's it's not proprietary. I mean, as a matter of fact, we are onboarding other customers that's, you know, the outside of the Kim as well. Um, so, uh, you know, and people are seeing benefits and people are interpreting it in different ways. Hey, you know, we have this problem. Hey, you know, maybe we can take temperature gauges to make sure, you know, at the time of handoff, you know, we got the product at the right temperature and things like that. So, there are different... Um, and it's a such a generic solution I mean it can be applied anywhere for example, you know tomorrow if we want to uh, as part of our product right we do the uh, deploy the mobile consumer mobile devices in a um, warehouse environment that are ruggedized. and if if uh, someone wants to hey you know during the time of picking or during the time of you know packing I want to see the picture of the product right we can incorporate, Um, load proof could be a perfect repository for all those images and we can pull those images into our picking function or any other function that are performed in the warehouse and show those pictures. So it's a very generic tool, uh, you know, which, you know, part of the reason why we're able to do it much quickly was that, you know, um, it could be used for anything where we have to image enable something, right? So, yeah, that's that's the idea. I mean, and, and anybody outside of somebody thinks of some other use case outside of this, you know, just, you know, documenting loads. You know, we are completely open to um, anywhere else that we can make uh, put this technology to use, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it, it, you know, it's interesting. I think you, you touched upon something that, that I think is um, uh, also part of, you know, when we think about innovation, I and mean, particularly particular, we think about, you know, um, uh, increasing the velocity of, of innovation is sometimes, you know, you can get so caught up Trying to put so many bells and whistles and make it you know the most powerful thing in the universe when in actuality you know if you take a step back you know you realize that you know the solution and I think this is where you know Apple has had always been you know successful right now if you don't need a, an extra button there don't put the button there right and I, I think it's the same thing in a lot of cases today where particularly from a software standpoint or um, you know anything else really is that sometimes uh, this this perhaps need to try to perfect something or make it more than it needs to be, you know, ends up, you know, overcomplicating it and then by default, you know, extending the amount of time and effort that it takes to actually put this out. Um, you know, so I think that's, that's, it sounds like that was something that both of you kind of focused on that, you know, there was a very, very specific need, um, you know, and and you weren't trying to kind of create a whole huge enterprise application here. It was a very specific need and and you well-defined it and, and that was part of the reason why you are able to get it out so quickly. Yeah. So, Puga, I mean, we're running out of time here, so I'll start with you. Uh, you know, just as a, as a way to wrap up. I mean, you know, based on you know the the, the initial you know success that you've had to date. I mean, what would you say are you know the key ingredients to success in in creating a a collaborative innovation partnership?
2: I think the the uh, you know uh, spirit of the partnership. I think uh, I think I mean from a Kenko perspective. You know, they were clearly um, you know, on board and and very um, what do you call mindful and knowledgeable about the methodology. Um, you know, to follow while working with a startup, right? I mean, they were like, "Hey, you no, know, we got to get this done fast." And startups, you know, that's what you guys do. You know, it wasn't like you know we are not educating each other as to hey, this is how you would work with a startup or this is how you would work with the enterprise, a big company. Right? That was so easy, and it was the you know initial the transparency with which we had our conversations and. We are right here, you know. We just, you know, hey, you know, we'll drive down to Chattanooga and meet face to face because it just makes things so much easier. Um, it just meeting of the minds in terms of, you know, um, this makes a lot of sense from a supply chain perspective, and and you know, I think the the fit was uh, very, uh, you know, well formed. Um, I think that's the that's the reason for the success. I'm sure, you know, Christy has a lot more to say. Well, yeah, Christy, yeah, your your, your thoughts.
1: So I absolutely agree with Puga that shared vision is is um is really important and, and beyond that shared vision, what we really appreciated about Puga and his team is is they had a, a vision even beyond what we thought of for the product. They could see how we could take that to an even broader um not not necessarily scope of the product, but scope of the ability to use it. So we're finding uses in the real estate. So warehouses are being leased and, and when you get to the end of that lease. There's significant leasehold improvements at times. And we're finding some customers are using it to capture this is what the building looked like when I moved into it. So now I don't have to pay all these leasehold. I mean, just it's, it's amazing the different things as Puga said that people are coming up with to use that. And part of that, you know, is, is uh, a tribute to Puga and his team being able to think outside the box of what we could do with this application. Um, I think in addition to that, shared vision um, is is being open to a new business model. Um, this this partnership required us to both create a new services agreement between us and how we were going to work together and what that looked like. And so we both have an, an openness to thinking about things differently than we kind of would have originally gone to market with a strategy of just our own product. And um, being really synchronized in our Efforts around marketing and and how we're going to go to market with this load proof tool ha- has been wildly successful as well. But I think um, to to Fuga's point too, just being willing to work with a startup and understand their limitations and being able to work within that framework um, has made us successful in working with with a startup team like like Smart Gladiator.
0: Yeah, no, great great insights there. And you know, I mean, what I heard was obviously you know alignment in you know, vision and, and, and strategy in terms of where each one, you know, each party wanted to go to, obviously great and ongoing communication, you know, between, you know, both parties. And then, you know, we talked at the beginning of the conversation, you know, about change management and thinking differently. And it sounds like Krista, to your point there, you know, you, you, you kind of got together and came up with a new business model, a new, uh, a way of forming a partnership, you know, between uh, yourself, a logistics service provider and a technology company in terms of, you know how how can we work in in a way that's a win win? You know for both both parties as well as the customers and, and the broader market in general. So, um, you know, great 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 points brought by, by by all. So thank you again. Um, you know, I, as I always say at the end of all our programs, you always manage to scratch the surface on on these uh, topics. But I appreciate you both making the time to be with us today to kind of share your you know story and experience in terms of you know how a collaborative partnership can work in, in terms of driving supply chain innovation. So Christy, Puga, thank you.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: And uh, I want to thank uh, the, uh, those of you that joined us today. Um, if you are watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Talking Logistics website or the Kenko website, and you've got a question for Christy or Puga, um, you can you know post your question there. And I'm sure that they will be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us today and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.